The week is almost over, so pour that coffee. And let's discuss what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's Joe Sapecki and Bill McCaution. Should we talk about the government? I like the music so much, I'm letting it play for a bit. Yes, the two gentlemen are in studio. We're going to fire up Joe's mic there because he looks like he's having a, 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 an, an issue. Technical difficulties. Technical, there, we, there it is. Say something, Joe Zapecki. Back in the saddle again, <laughs> baby. Go. There he is. So at least two of us stayed out too late last night, so we'll see how this goes this morning. I don't know what, what you did. <laughs> well, if i got to carry the show, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Zapecki, Democratic strategist, Bill McCosham, Republican side, and, and yours truly just normal Joe not your Joe, but casual, normal guy, pretty mainstream, pretty um, unexcitable, very um, calm. I'm saying this because my wife said I sounded angry this morning, <laughs> which I don't even know what that's about. You'll find out when you get home. Yeah, I will mean, <laughs> keep it up. You're really going to find out sooner oh, than that. Uh, so let's talk about some anger. Some Let's start the Republicans, Bill. Tuesday's elections didn't quite go the way some Republicans thought they would go. No, but there were some bright spots. Uh, for for <laughs> example, on, we, on, we did pick on, up... Let me set the table first. Bill <laughs> Bill was so confident it was going to be a terrible week for him. On Sunday night, he starts <laughs> texting us, saying, man, Zepecki's going to have a bad week this week. It's only Sunday and there's bad polls. And I just had to go, Bill... There's elections on Tuesday. <laughs> That's so all true. Let's provide a little context here. Listen, we start working the show on Sunday night, right? We want to be ready. Uh, and, yeah, you guys had a decent one. <laughs> Republicans picked up the governorship in Louisiana. They picked up some key seats locally in New York City. They picked up the mayor's uh, race in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, you know, but they – and they maintained the governorship in the state of Mississippi. You know what I've always loved about Bill McCaution? Optimistic guy. Right? You yeah, find right? the silver Glass lining in any Hit the Glass half full. That's good. That's, that's the way you should approach it if you're a strategist. Absolutely. I would think. Absolutely. Uh, where we came up a little short. And by the way, in Virginia, the one where you and I disagreed, uh, Youngkin actually did well. He he won. His candidates won every Joe Biden plus 10 or less seat. Anything that Biden had won by greater than 10, he lost. And remember... Virginia had redistricted, so the districts aren't the same as they were two years ago. Blame the maps. So, Blame the maps. I'm blaming Blame the, the damn maps. We're kind of, oh, the maps are in my grab bag. The little Marquette <laughs> Law School. Let, poll, me, let so. me get to some some interesting stuff. And not that that's not interesting, but Governor Scott Walker, former Governor of State yeah. of Wisconsin, said it's all about money. That's why the Republicans lost. Is it all about just the money? Is that the big reason? So to win statewide takes three things: message, organization, and money. Mom, it's actually that simple. Uh, money isn't the only factor, right? It is a factor, but you can win races by spending less than your opponent if you have the right message yes. and you have a better organization. How is so, that hard for people to understand? It's not that hard. Uh, so you, you can win with less resources or fewer resources if you've got a compelling message and you've got a fired-up organization. So I don't think money was the only problem. Democrat, Democrats clearly outspent uh, Republicans. That's been going on for a few cycles now. Most of that money comes from California, uh, oddly enough, Florida, New York, and Massachusetts uh, in every race, including in Wisconsin. That's where the money's flowing from. It's not from the locals. So we do we need more politically conscious Republican billionaires to make this work, <laughs> make the math work? We need a cleaner message, and we need to be able to fire up Where's our base. Where's my bell? That's the bell we should be ringing right uh, now. And we need to be able to fire up our base. I don't think everything, I, I, you know, let's talk about Ohio and the abortion issue. I, 
honestly, I think Democrats are going to regret that next year. That referendum for them should have been on next November's ballot to try and protect Sherrod Brown, who's now the top target for Republicans. West Virginia is gone. Joe Manchin announced yesterday he's not running for reelection. That is an absolute pickup for Republicans. Jim Justice, the governor, will win that. So now Ohio becomes the top target. They took that issue off the table. So you will not be able to motivate, motivate Ohio voters next year on the abortion issue because it's now ingrained in their constitution. So, All right, so, and that's why the Republican leader of one of the houses of the legislature in Ohio, who is pro-life, said, this issue is not over. We will continue to find ways to protect the life of the unborn, is how he put it. I, like, Good luck. I, I understand what you're saying from a political standpoint, but I think what you're missing is that from my side of the aisle, this is not a political issue. This is a question of life and death for women, and it, after a freedom was taken away from women in this country, people aren't prepared to play politics with it. They're saying wherever this can go before voters, it should. And everywhere that it has, it has done well, whether it's deep red Kansas, yeah. whether it's purple you know, Ohio, or whether it's blue California. And, you know, listen, I understand that money is part of the mom piece, but you just you can't sugarcoat the fact that the Republican Party has not figured out what to do on the question of abortion since the Dobbs decision. They just haven't. And and so, yes, the Ohio one is a part of that, but so is the Kentucky governor. Kentucky, where Donald Trump got, what, 70% reelects Andy Bashir against someone who, and abortion was the issue in that race against the Attorney General Daniel Cameron. Uh, you go to Virginia, where we've talked about and seen the what I found the absurdity of like the Republican donor class saying maybe Glenn Youngkin is the one who can save us all. Maybe the Glenn Youngkin style of Republican MAGAism is what we need, and he's got this 15 week abortion compromise. And so if he can t- get the trifecta, and a kinder, gentler Republican Party can say not no abortions ever, no abortions after 15 weeks. And the voters of Virginia came out and said, not only are we preventing you from getting the second house of the legislature, we're going to flip the one you thought you had in the bag. So in every kind of state, blue, purple, red, abortion continues to dog Republicans as an issue. And I don't see a way out of it for you guys anytime soon. All right. So what is the right answer for Republicans on that issue? What should they, the candidates, be saying? Because well, I think Nikki Haley said it pretty well, and I don't want to get into the debate yet, but I think she laid out the case that has to be made if you want to win elections. Yeah, putting doctors in jail is not the answer. So yeah, this is an issue that the pro-life movement, not only in Wisconsin, but nationally, has played from behind for 50 years, right? When Roe v. Wade was in place, they they always had something they could aspire to, mm-hmm. right? Then they win it. And they didn't know how to play with the lead, right? How, how do you play with the lead? How do you protect the gains that you just made? They, the movement and the Republican Party were not prepared for that. They just weren't. And, and that shows in election after election. I, I think you have to be compassionate about this. I'm a Catholic. I'm pro-life. I do have exceptions for rape, incest, and life of the mother. I'm sort of open to this 12-week thing. I haven't made a final decision on that, but... You know, I do sort of believe the Catholic teachings on this, that life begins at conception. And uh, Republicans have not done a good job. Let me give you two examples. Daniel 
uh, Cameron, the, mm-hmm. the candidate, the Republican candidate in Kansas who lost on this. Kentucky. Kentucky. Did not defend his position. Tim Michaels didn't defend his position here in Wisconsin. Tony Evers hammered him for months and months and months over his abortion position, which, by the way, Michaels changed after the primary. He was open to some exceptions where he wasn't in the primary. So you have to have a position. You have to stick to it and you have to defend it. I don't know that we've seen a matchup where a, a candidate literally spent money defending their position versus someone who is defining their position in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd like to see that matchup. So I'm not sure it's a clear victory for Democrats that you do, Joe. I, I just don't think Repu- Republicans have decided if we don't talk about it, it'll just go away. False. It's not going away. You need to talk about it. He's Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky. Uh, after the break, if if abortion's not the issue, what is the issue? Because I heard a lot of commentary about that this week. What is the issue for voters as we get ready to launch into the campaign that is the 20, 2024 presidential election? Quick break. WTMJ now. We should just leave the mics on during the break, because that's how for the best conversation, Bill McCoshin, <laughs> Republican strategist Joseph Becky on the, on the Democratic side of things, and yours truly, Steve Scafidi. I'm WTMJ now. Thanks for tuning in to what I think is the one of the best hours of political radio you in this state. can't States. say I don't come prepared, Joe. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got his notebook today. <laughs> yeah, when you're dropping, like, ra- I didn't even think about that race, to be honest. The Manchester mayor's yeah, Manchester race. Manchester yep, mayor's as goes what is, what's, the, what's the mayor's name? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. did, he did limited He's research. He's a Republican. Targeted research. All right. Yeah. So I, I want this to be a general conversation about Tuesday's messaging. All right. So if abortion is the one that everybody's looking at, you know, given what happened on Tuesday, what is the other issue? Because I hear the talking heads say that it could be the border, could be Ukraine slash what's happening in, in Gaza. I mean, what is the is this crime in, in big city? What is the issue? What's the big issue? Well, let's take Kentucky as an example. So no election is a single issue election. I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Because humans are complicated. Voters are complicated. Candidates have to do a lot of things. Andy Bashir, the Democrat who was reelected, has some built-in advantages, starting with he's a really good governor. He's been the most popular governor in America with approval ratings in the 60s for quite some time, in part because he did such a phenomenal job responding to some devastating natural disasters that hit Kentucky. And you heard from Republicans in these small towns that were hit by floods. You know, Andy was here every week. It felt like he was, you know, Andy was just wrapping his arms around us. For a governor to build that relationship where it's a first-name basis with people, that's good. Does it help that his father was a successful Democratic governor before that? It absolutely does. Does it help that he's attracted some economic Investment in the state, it absolutely does. So I'm not suggesting that the only reason that Democrats held the Kentucky governorship is because of abortion. What I'm suggesting is that was an issue that for people who were open to voting for someone other than Andy Bashir, Daniel Cameron's position and the way that Bashir was able to communicate on it and Cameron's inability to explain his way out of it and defend his position meant he was cooked. And that's how you end up with like a five and a half, six point loss by Republicans, even in a really, really conservative state like Kentucky. It's a, it's an overarching issue that's making it tough for voters open to doing something different to actually get all the way to doing something different. So I think there's a lesson here for politicians 
writ large. And one of the things do a good job. Yeah. Well, no. One of the things Brashear said in in his ads is it's not about what's going on in the White House. It's what's going on in your house. I thought that was pretty sharp on his part. A lot of people say there were two factors in the Kentucky governor's race. Trump was one and abortion was the other. Trump now disputes that and says, you know, it, it, it's Mitch McConnell's fault that uh, Cameron went down. Yeah, what a surprise he's deflecting the blame. <laughs> you know, the the Saturday before, he, he sends out this tweet that's glowing about Cameron, and then after he loses, he says he was garbage. And, and it's Cameron all actually put it on TV. Yeah, it, which was dumb. Yeah. It was really dumb. Uh, you know, I don't know if that was the, the factor, but it was a factor. But what I think the listeners need to understand is Republicans won every other statewide mm-hmm. race on Tuesday night in, in Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. They did, and by big margins. So it's like Secretary of State, Attorney General, the yeah, other constitutional Yeah, Commissioner, officers, all, yeah. all by more than 15 points. So going right? back to my question, is there no overriding issue other than abortion that you can take national, or is it is it the local stuff? Is it the fact that that governor responded to those natural emergencies? Is, is it something else in a different state? What is, what is the, the magic that makes it winnable? That that is the So when I look at the from sea to shining sea, that is the issue that is the most common through line that I see from Tuesday night is abortion. There, I'm, again, I'm not saying it's 100 percent of the reason why what happened happened. That was the main one that I was able to like consistent across different types of races. Yeah, I, d- I don't know that it was as nationalized as it was in 2022. I think Democrats did a better job in 2022 of nationalizing abortion, but it. Uh, They've used it effectively at the state level. I think 24 will be a national election, not just because it's the presidential. Hot take. Yeah, yeah, right. Write that one down. <laughs> um, and, and that should or could help Republicans, but they got to simplify things. I mean, this doesn't have to be complicated. If you are running against Joe Biden, and I still don't believe he's the nominee, but if he is, whether it's Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, or Ron DeSantis, and by the way, those are the only three who have a chance of being the nominee. Correct. No one else does. If it's any of them, there are three attack lines on Joe Biden. One, his age. Two, are you better off financially or economically than you were under Trump? And three, the world is less safe today than it was uh, when Donald Trump was president. Those three lines of attack, that's it. None of the nonsense. And I think you can get through to voters. So let me me take this tack. So Tuesday was an election. For the next election that matters, the big, well, they all matter, but the big election, right? No matter where you're at in this country, somebody said this to me Wednesday. I was talking about the the results from Tuesday, and 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 I I had a hard time arguing with it. Maybe perhaps Republicans have forgotten how to win elections. Maybe they're not that good at running campaigns as maybe they used to be. Maybe they're listening to the same old tired voices. I complained about this on social media. The same old knuckleheads who have lost us all of these races are still the people that are, are being pointed to for the expert advice. Maybe that's part of the problem. It We're is, listening to the wrong people. It has been a very long time since Republicans had an election night that they could look back on and go, that was a really good night for us. It just has. 2016. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the last that's time. That's a while ago. That's a long time ago. So yeah. have we forgotten how to win elections, Bill? Yeah, well, I think Vivek Ramaswamy talked about this in the debate, and we'll get to the debate shortly, uh, but there's some truth to this. I actually went to see Tucker Carlson, brought my family the other night here in Brookfield, and he made this point. Like, Republicans, you are you got to connect with the base. The, the, the nonsense you guys are doing in D.C. has nothing to do with what they're talking about at the kitchen table in Brookfield or in Superior or in Oak Creek, Right. So, yeah, I think our guys are disconnected from the base, the actual base of our party. 
too much and they need to they need to simplify things and get back to the bread and butter issues that voters care about if they want to win independence i would disagree with my friend bill here but i'm not here to give republicans advice i just ask you to consider maybe it's a little too much base tending and not trying to expand and grow the coalition well there's that there is that but but i think it it ultimately is economic issues and people vote their pocketbook first all the time we're not connecting with them. We're talking about, you know, extraneous stuff that really doesn't impact everyone's lives or it certainly doesn't draw the coalition. I tweet this fairly often. Politics is about addition, not subtraction. Uh, we've been pretty good at subtraction over yeah. the last few cycles. I'll just wrap it with this. Stop playing around in the world of nonsense and fairy tales. That's that's not helping us. Dump Trump. And yet, what are we going to talk about? It's not looking good for the dump Trump. Crowd. It's not looking good, but I've, I've made that argument for a long time. There are, there are candidates on the Republican side who would actually beat Joe Biden, but by a lot, we can't apparently mm. get the support for those. Oh, stop! Joe. It's, uh, we'll talk about it. It's not that simple. Uh, we're going to talk about that next. Yeah. Joe, I almost called you Joe Biden. Joe's a Bill McCosh in the Political Power Hour, right here in WTMJ. Having fun on a Friday talking about politics with my friends Joe Zapacki, Democratic strategist Bill McCosh on the Republican side of things. All right, we I, well I think we all watched the debate on Tuesday night. I did two hours, still a uh, half hour too long, my my opinion. Still no reason for audiences; like they don't serve a purpose. Still too many moderators, but I did watch the whole thing, and I I was encouraged by the fact that they actually moderated at one point, and I could actually hear the candidates' responses. So that was my my positives. They hired actual. Journalists yeah, to do right, it, it right. made a difference. How about that? Yeah, it was good. So, but, what what was your takeaway, Mr. Zapecki? I'm going to yield to my friend. Oh, Bill. he's I'm, yielding. I'm going to let I'm going to let you go minutes, first. A couple minutes, and I'm just going to say, we've been talking about viewership. Yeah, Ooh. another bad Ooh. sign was it for Republicans. Six point five million. Six point five yeah. million. I mean, you, you get that Nobody for a bad baseball game. debate. Nobody yeah. cares. And here's and here's the other context I'm going to set. I saw this great chart. Uh, the day of the first Republican presidential debate. The average of polls, Donald Trump was at 55.2%, and the next uh, closest was Ron DeSantis at 14.2%. So we've had three of these now. The day of the third presidential debate on the Republican side, uh, the average of polls, Donald Trump was at 60.8%, Ron DeSantis at 15%. No one else in double digits. So I'm not sure these debates are doing what you want them to do. I'm not sure they are either. Uh, not with all these people. Not it? with all these people. And I've said this since June, right? After the first debate, we needed to be down to a few people. I didn't know who those few would be, but now it's pretty obvious. It's Ron DeSantis and it's Nikki Haley, period, and full stop. Will they listen, though, Bill? The RNC is uh, not going to listen. So the the standards for the December 6th uh, uh, debate should be far higher. Chris Christie shouldn't be able to meet it. My, uh, Tim Scott shouldn't be able to meet it. Vivek Ramaswamy has become that kid in the mom's cart at the grocery store, and she won't buy the Fruit Loops, and he's freaking out, right? He is the most off-putting candidate yeah, I can exactly ever right. remember. He's screaming down the aisle in the grocery cart saying, I want my Fruit Loops. <laughs> he's got to go. It's, I mean, he's, he's not, not, gonna go, he's not helpful. Uh, Here's my conspiracy theory. Ronald McDaniel, the RNC, a few other old, tired voices, they, they want Trump. They want to encourage this nonsense because it makes Trump look well, and, and Ramaswamy is doing Trump's bidding on the stage. Sure. And, you know, for Christie, who I like, and I told you I would have voted for in 2012, he's not going to get the shot he wanted. He wants to punch Donald Trump in the nose, and he's never going to get that opportunity. He's going to be out of the race. 
before that op- before Donald Trump ever gets on a debate stage, if he does at all. Is there a fourth debate scheduled? There's December 6th. Okay. There's another one. All right. So yeah. are, are you optimistic that there are going to be less people? I'm not. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, Scott's got a lot of money, so he can do what he needs to do in the states that are he needs to do it in to probably qualify. Christie seems to be getting money from unbelievably odd spots to qualify. And Vivek, uh, you know, those three guys should be gone. This is this is now a two-person race for second. It's between DeSantis and Haley. <laughs> Uh, well, second place doesn't matter, given all the things that are swirling around Donald Trump. That I think is an it does. important position. I, so is that, I know you dismissed that, but that no, is I, an important so position. Is that what we're going with? That the strategy among all of these people... Well, should we just let we, Donald Trump run on a poll? That doesn't make sense. Can I finish? No, I absolutely not, because I'm fired okay. up on this. <laughs> Clearly. right? Because like, if these people were trying to beat Donald Trump, that debate would look very different. I agree with that. The, ver- the first answer from Ron DeSantis of the night... A glancing blow, like not even a jab, right? Like a, a little slap to the back of the head from DeSantis, which is the most aggressive he's ever been about Trump. You want to be the man, you got to beat the man. I agree none with that. The, and none of these folks appear to actually be trying to beat Donald Trump. So uh, it, it, what you, what I should believe is they're all just running to be second place so that if former President Trump is incarcerated, plea deals his way out of running for president or is befelled by a tragedy in terms of his health, then they're just waiting in the wings? Is that what we're, we think these Republican candidates for president are trying to do? My biggest concern is how to put Humpty Dumpty back together again when this process is over and Trump is the likely nominee. Does he pick Haley no. or DeSantis as his running mate to try and bring the party together? Today's answer is no. Maybe that's the answer forever. That's dumb, right? I mean... I'm not sure those folks are going to all of the supporters for Haley and DeSantis are going to come Trump's way and vice Correct. versa. If if one of them actually becomes the nominee, does the MAGA faction turn out and vote? It's it's a really, really tricky spot for our party to be in. That's why this is folly. You're electing someone who probably has no chance of winning the general election. So what is the point of that? Cool political party. Guys. They don't Back believe on. it. I keep inv- I keep I keep telling them, listeners, they are welcome to join my friend Stephen Bill. We would welcome them into the Democratic Party which is an organized political party that is not at war with itself. So far, they haven't taken me up on it. And by the way, well, I think for a fun uh, aside, we should we should say who the who the who our Veepstakes leader in the clubhouse is right for now. For Trump? For Trump. Vivek would be one, one of the choices. No, oh, But he could never handle him talking that much. Yeah, no. You got? I would take Haley. Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota. Yeah, that's a good Take choice. it to the bank. What about Tim Scott? Nope. Why? Because he's had the audacity to run against Donald Trump. Ah. He ain't, he ain't, and that matters. Yeah. He ain't, like, have we not gotten to know Donald Trump in the last eight years? There's no one pettier in the world than Donald Trump. He ain't picking anybody who had the audacity to run against him. It's an interesting time in this country, isn't it? We we have an election a year away. Interesting is one word for it. Yeah. I mean, or or confounding or confusing or upsetting or irritating. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. So, state of the race today. Let's, let's do that piece right now before we're going to break. State of the race today. Joe Biden's in it to win it, apparently. He's not backing down. We have the RFK thing that's, you know, going to impact somebody, maybe Trump more than Biden, if those are the two candidates, right? And then Donald Trump seems to be. What do you say, 60% in the poll that you cited? That doesn't suggest he's weak as a candidate. We're heading for a rematch. Yeah? You don't think the actual votes on when the when the voting starts will impact anything different than what we've seen from polls? No? I think there will be 
ups and downs. Because somebody reminded me this week, polling's not voting. Correct. No, I, right. listen. I would not take any poll too seriously. And when every single poll in every single state and every single region of the country spits out the same thing time after time, and it's Donald Trump lapping the field on the Republican nomination, that you have to pay some attention to. He's going to be the nominee absent some outside force. You know, Joe Biden it did not have a good week polling-wise, stipulated, and neither did Barack Obama at this point in his presidency. There are literally stories that were like, is Obama, you know, toast politically? Could he ever recover from the standing that he is, that he had in, you know, his third year towards the end of it? And a year later, he soundly defeated Mitt Romney in the 2012 presidential election. I believe that Joe Biden will, this will be about the low point. And the more the contrast and the clarity comes that it's a rematch, the better Joe Biden will look. Well, history suggests you're right, because I can remember sitting at the Radio City with you two gentlemen. You were in the early days of the of the actual voting, and it didn't look good for Joe Biden. Matter of fact, I think you right. said there's going to be somebody else, and it all worked out yep. for him. So lots, lots of things can change in the months, not years, months ahead since we're down to a year or less now. So let me accept your premise that Trump's going to be the nominee on the Republican side. I, I think all indications are that is true. Mm-hmm. So then as a strategist, what he ought to be doing or what we would recommend to him is pivot to the general. Start talking mm-hmm. about Joe Biden. Stop spending tens of millions of dollars to burn down Ron DeSantis's house in Iowa. It, it makes no sense. Stop trashing your candidate for governor of Kentucky who lost for maybe a few reasons, not just that you were endorsed him. I mean, it's time to bring the party together. If Donald Trump wants to win the general, and Steve's point is dead on, I'm tired of winning primaries. I'm pretty good at it. Uh, you know, I've got success on that. I, I, it doesn't matter. You can't govern if you don't win the general. So if Donald Trump wants to win, it's time for him to start focusing on the contrast between him and Joe Biden. Texter says Joe is smart. Didn't say anything about you or, you or me, Bill. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> and it wasn't your mom. All right. Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, the Political Power Hour. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. All right, let's try this again. Everybody say something. Something. Joseph Pecky, Bill McCosh. Something. All right, I think we're back. Live radio, man. That was fun. High, high wire act. <laughs> yeah. Microphones were out and uh, a lot of chaos. All right, so you were asking me a question, asking us a question. Yeah, so my read of the Marquette University Law School poll released this week, I know you had Mr. Franklin, Professor Franklin on yesterday, is or two days ago, is that Nikki Haley today does look like the best candidate against Joe Biden in Battleground, Wisconsin. My word of caution to you, the president and vice president of the Nikki Haley fanboy club, is that Nikki Haley is also the least well-known of any Republican tested. And so my question to you is, how concerned are you that even if you got a unicorn for Christmas and Nikki Haley was somehow the Republican nominee for president, how worried are you that those numbers would pretty quickly come back down to earth once she stopped being a generic Republican alternative I don't mean generic in terms of like it's just a term we use where it's like if it was an unnamed Democrat or an unnamed Republican, like isn't she the most generic Republican at this point? And that's why she's doing well. She may be, but some things will never change. She she is a female. She's the only female in the field. And that won't change. And I think that is appealing. If you dig deep into the cross tabs, uh, her cross tabs on the Marquette poll, she does the best in the suburbs. She does the best with college educated voters. 
That's significant. Those are two areas where Republicans have declined in 2018 and 2020. And frankly, in 2022, we didn't perform as well as we needed to. So that's attractive. I think you can overcome what's about to be coming on her. And by the way, it's already happening on the Republican side. So she's being called a neocon by Mark Levin and all kinds of people are now attacking her because she's viewed as a true threat. I don't think that necessarily hurts her. The people that are supporting her and Steve included, uh, like her for very specific reasons. And that's not going to change. And I think the fact that she's, uh, more traditional as a conservative versus, I don't think she's a neocon like she's being called uh, some of her uh, war positions I'm not crazy about, particularly Ukraine, but I, I, I could vote for her. If she's the nominee, I'd have no trouble voting for her. It's not like she's some political lightweight. She was a no, governor no, no. of a state that's an important state. And an ambassador. I, so, I mean, again, I mean, that's not what I mean by generic Republican. So I think voters can they can learn about any candidate. Was Bill Clinton well known? No, but he ended up as a two-term president. And so sh- people find out about candidates, especially when they're the only one. And to your point about being a woman for Republicans, that's going to start to matter. And it right. actually mattered a long time ago. And they just ignored it. But it as, matters. But as the six and a half million people who watched the debate, on Wednesday night. God love him. <laughs> Not the only one on stage wearing heels. As someone younger, she's younger than Hunter Biden, right? So she could use that age thing as a cudgel against Biden that he could not shake. So could Ron DeSantis, for that matter. I mean, that's that's. I've always been for generational change. I think the first party that figures this out and replaces their front runner with someone younger is going to win. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens, but. Uh, Listen, I, I think she'd be formidable. And, and if she doesn't make it all the way, Trump would be foolish not to consider her. Yeah, and also don't get don't fall in love with the TV numbers. A lot of people consume things in much different ways. You know this. So there's ways to know what happened at the debate without watching it on live on TV. Sure. And frankly, it was too damn long anyway. It was two hours. I was yeah. bored with, with it after an hour. So you think that Republican primary voters across this great country are becoming more interested in What's happening? More interested in learning the alternatives to Trump? I'm just saying, my analysis of the trend line, not just of the six and a half million, is fewer people are tuning in each time, which means more and more people are throwing up their hands and going, I guess we're riding with Trump again. That could also suggest that a lot of people are going to choose not to vote next year. You see that as a scenario? I do. I, I do. I think a I Biden Trump. It'll be a lot less than 151 have, million. Yeah, would have fewer voters. Um, that. So who does that help? Joe Biden? Donald Trump? Probably Trump. Or sorry, Trump. excuse me, probably Biden. Because what we've seen in the era of Trump is the lower turnout elections, which have higher proportions of college-educated voters. And as as Democrats have made gains with that uh, demographic, and as Republicans have done better among non-college-educated voters, the ones who are more likely to turn out with regularity are college-educated voters. It would probably... Well, and the one constant that held on Tuesday night is incumbents won. Right in statewide races, whether it's uh, Bashir or it's love their Tate Reeves, you know, <laughs> this has now gone on for a couple cycles. Where twenty two, only one statewide candidate lost, and that was in the state of Nevada. So uh, that trend continued. So that that would be a slight advantage to Biden, unless we can draw the contrast to bring people out and say, "Yeah, I've had enough of that." You mentioned you saw Tucker Carlson in Brookfield. I did. What yeah. was his What's his worldview right now since he's off? 
TV and doing other things? It was interesting. It was really relaxed. It was part of the McIver Institute. Uh, there were probably 400 people in the audience. Uh, I think we were sworn to secrecy on what he said or didn't say. But let me just say, I'm going to leak a few things. He, he is not going to be a, uh, Trump's running mate. Full stop. <laughs> I didn't think that was serious. Uh, he's going to be Christy Noem. He, he, he has no interest in that level of politics. He'd prefer to comment on it. But uh, I, I, he had some really thought-provoking comments about Republican messaging to their voters, which I raised earlier today. You know, are we talking about issues that they really care about? I mean, for all of our war hawks uh, that are Ukraine, 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 Israel, right? People are focused on their utility bill, their mortgage bill, and their gas prices. He is Bill McCosh and Joseph Peck. I think we've figured out our technical glitches, so thanks for sharing our mic checks with us over the air if that went out. Um, we'll take a break. After the break, I'm going to ask you a listener question, then we'll get to our grab bag. Still uh, about 10 minutes left in the program, this hour, I should say, the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Political Power Hour with Joseph Becky and Bill McCoshin every Friday, 9 o'clock, right here on WTMJ Now. A quick question. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we want to get to the grab bag. Um, with all the Trump trials in the various jurisdictions, civil, criminal, Department of Justice, um, anyone here in this room think that he will ever be incarcerated if convicted? No. no. I say no as well. No, there, there, uh, there's other things you can do. If he spends a night behind bars, it won't even be after the trial. It'll be beforehand because he keeps popping off and trying to intimidate witnesses and okay. insult judges. Well, I have to ask a follow up then. Would that then boost him in the polls? Probably. Yes. Yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> See, we went no and we went yes because it absolutely would. Yeah. Welcome to America 2023. All right. Grab bag. I'm going to go first. I got three quick ones so that Joe can get, tell a great three. story. Today is the 48th anniversary of the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And yes. I think we all know that Gordon Lightfoot died this year. We celebrated him on one of these shows. I'm from Superior, Wisconsin. That ship loaded in Superior before it set sail. Uh, so to those sailors and their families and grandkids at this point, uh, we're thinking about you today. Uh, two, uh, un- deep in the Marquette poll was a question about redistricting. We now have a progressive Supreme Court mm. who wants to flip the maps. Guess what, Joseph Pecky? You say this every week. Follow the people. The people say the maps we have are fine. Mm. 52% of the voters said, (laughs) leave the maps alone. (laughs) So if four Supreme Court justices, liberal Supreme Court justices, are going to redo these maps at their own political whims, they are against the will of the people. Against democracy, Joseph Pecky. Uh, Lastly, the the thing that surprised me most in the Marquette poll was the fact that more than 70% of the public all demographics think that judge judicial candidates should state their opinions. Holy cow, that's a sea change. Yeah. Fourth, and I know McCoshin joins me in this. I know Steve does a very happy and heartfelt Veterans Day honoring all those who served and their families they're serving Absolutely. as well. Uh, it's a little, it's awkward that it's the day before. I kind of, some school districts are closed, some are not. Uh, but whether you're working today, whether your kids are in school, whatever your family's doing, thank a veteran. Uh, they they are the very best of us. I wish that more of what we talk about in this hour every week reflected the service and sacrifice that people in uniform make on our behalf. And right now our politics has fallen well short of the standard that they set. And it's an interesting point because tomorrow's Veterans Day, and, and I, I think about Brandon Snyder, my former producer, who still works at WTMJ, and uh, his service, my dad, Air Force, my brother, Navy, um, and all those men and women who served, the, the, it is a tremendous honor to serve your country. 
And here's one thing I know that is popular. Veterans is mm-hmm. popular. Yeah. And that never changes. We, we talk a lot about numbers going up and down. That never changes in this country, and, and I'm proud of that. I'm actually going to bring back a little snippet of an interview that Sandy Max and I did with Gary Sinise, yeah. who works on behalf of veterans. That's coming up in, I think, the 11 o'clock hour. Um, Lieutenant Dan. Yes. He was brilliant <laughs> that day we talked to him. So I want to bring a small piece of that back, and I'll probably play it during the holidays as well. Gentlemen. Have a great weekend, and oh, we got to tease this. Oh. Next Friday, I'll be on my way to Deer Camp. Big you show. two gentlemen are oh, man. doing three hours <laughs> of Buckle this up. program. <laughs> three hours. How did that ever happen? Big Who agreed show. to that? Big, big show. show. Who, who's yep. going to be sitting in the big chair? Do we have? Do, have we sorted that it's out? Pecky, he's the we're he's gonna, a veteran. I've okay, never done we're gonna, talk we're radio. Flip for it. All yeah. right, so you're probably going to sit in the same seat. I yeah. look forward to hearing about that. And maybe even hearing it if I'm on my we're, way. We're going to have Steve yelling at the car radio on the way up there. I look forward to that next Friday, 9 to noon. So, Pecky McCaution, WTMJ Now.